Welcome to the CSRG Podcast. My name is Chris. My name is Keanu. Tonight we're talking about the Western PA sectional. We just came back from it this most recent weekend. And I have to say, it was a pretty spectacular match. And we want to thank uh, Abeshi has for sponsoring the match, for being the title sponsor, and Clareton Sportsman Club for hosting it. And I think this is their third... I'm sorry, this is their, this is their last year hosting it. So hopefully we'll see it come back in the future. Um, and of course, thanks to the match director, because uh, without the match directors, and you know, none of this would be able to come together. And of course, thank you to the staff. I think the staff are more are among the most important people working the match. Yeah, and it was a tough one for them, especially because it was just such a hot weekend. And yeah, yeah the weather was not was not forgiving on Saturday. Yeah, I heard Saturday. Luckily, we shot on Sunday. Um, we walked Saturday. We felt it. Yeah, and it was late in the day, too. You know, it wasn't peak sun either because we got there maybe around 3 o'clock, 3, 4 o'clock. Yep. Um, and by the end of, like, we were only walking for, what, an hour? Yeah. An hour and a half, and you and I, both of our shirts were soaked through and through. And we're just like, all right, let's, let's get out of here. You know, we walked enough stages. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good match, though. I really enjoyed it. Um, and, you know, for the stages, if we talk, you know, if we think about the 10 stages that they put on, um, you know, unfortunately, the bays are a little small from what I noticed, but this is my first yeah. year of shooting. But compared to last year, you said it's a lot easier, or it was a this lot easier? One, this year? match was legitimately probably twice as easy as last year. So, like, what was the main change, probably? Well, the I amount just, of hardcover. Oh, yeah, it was hardcover. Um, distance ha- hasn't really changed or anything like that. Um, but they used, I think last year, it, it was probably about half and half with hardcover and open targets. Um, or not hard, like partial targets and open targets, and that's that's a pr- really really like high density um, number for partials. Yeah, because I'm I'm thinking for you know this year for this match, I don't think there were that many. I think you know they did sprinkle in a good amount where it, you know like maybe four or five per stage um, at but most. Yeah, it definitely made it interesting, right? Because I know I, if I'm remembering the stage correctly, there was one where you had you know. Uh, two appearing targets and then essentially headshots were left only like those are really cool really kind of yeah that was a good down. stage that was a really good um, stage and yeah they did a really good job sprinkling in hardcover targets um, in a way where you just can blast through some of the stages um, I mean there were some hoser stages of course um, but yeah uh, they definitely did a lot of things to help make it um, you know to kind of force the throttle control throughout the match but I, I really think they could have done a better job because with the size of the bays, it makes open targets almost too easy. And I yeah. think mm-hmm. last year people didn't people walked away with, you know, a good handful of mics, and it was easy this year to walk away with no mics. Yeah, the fact that I walked away from this one with two mics, and like they were, you know, the mics, I you know, I deserve those mics. It was just you know some bad shot calling. Um, I hit, uh, what is it? I missed one on the swing or on the second to last stage. And then I got a barrel strike, and so like those, I'm you know I'm happy to walk away with. It wasn't like I was miking targets, you know, ten yards away. Um, yeah, even on the far far stage, you did pretty clean on. Yeah, and so you know, I guess that that says a lot about the match <laughs> in terms of how hard the the targets were. Well, no, um, not necessarily because you were clearly a little bit more controlled than usual. Yeah, you know, um, you, you didn't go pedal to the metal like like you do a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it was a mix of both though, but you know, it wasn't necessarily the most challenging match when it came to, you know, from straight marksmanship or... Yeah, not um, this time around. And this is only my second year shooting it, but a lot of the people we shot with, this is their third or fourth year doing it. And they said this is by far the easiest match. Uh, this is by far the easiest Western PA section that they've shot so far. 
So maybe it's because they knew that this was going to be the last time he's going to be at Clareton Sportsman's Club or if the match director was just going to retire or something like that. I don't know what it was. Um, so they just kind of changed it up a little bit. But I, I think I was that left me a little disappointed. A little bit. You it know? left me a little hungry for something a little bit more difficult because I don't think there were any particularly hard shots. Nothing was unfathomable. Or like, you know, nothing was, oh, I might get a mic. Yeah, I think because, right. you know, the, the hardest close-up shot was probably maybe seven yards, headshot only. Yeah. And well, then and then on a far target, I think it was 30 yards open target. Or 30-yard poppers, yeah. Yeah. But um, even that's not too out of reach for most people. Yeah, and like if you pace yourself, good sight picture, good trigger pull. You yeah, know, good shot calling, stuff like that. Yeah, it's, it's nothing insane. You know, it's not like a tuxedo at 25 yards or 30 yards. Um, yeah. See, if I saw one of those for the entirety, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it just makes it a little more interesting. And, you know, people really have to slow down for it, regardless of your skill level, you know? So, it's, yeah. you know, it, it would have been nice to see Smurgoden. But overall, it was a really good match. Yeah. Um, the stages, especially given, you know, the base size, they did quite well. Um, there was a lot of cool activators, um, lots of swingers, drop turners. Oh, that is something else I was disappointed with. If you look at the matchbook and you look at the stages, there are no shoots. There were no shoots and other like hardcover partials being used on the swingers, and I was kind of un- oh, upset no that there were no partial swingers. Yeah, and I, I remember before we went to this match, Kane was like, "Yo, this match is so hard. You're so screwed." <laughs> this match, then, yeah, like I thought it was gonna be, but you know what? It's okay. It was still a fun match. It was. It was, and you know the stages were done really well. I, and again, I think the only stage that really stands out to me. In memory is the the ones with the doors. I think that was just a, a cool. Prop. I think that was that was a good stage. Yeah, and like I've never had to shoot using doors before as an activator, but you know there are two activators for that. There was steel on that stage as well, um, and so like that could make or break a lot of people point wise because again, you got activators, you got a drop turner, uh, you know, ten points that are available to you, and then you had steel, which if you're you know, if you got I mean, a bad reload or the, I feel like the plate rack was probably a big time suck. Yeah, absolutely. And you see, that's pretty much where everybody, even if they shot it clean, it still sucked up a lot of time, right? Yeah. You gotta sit there and you got to clear the rack. I think I added a second and a half, two seconds easily to my to my stage on that run just because I didn't call the last shot. And I already, I like mentally, I had already left the position when yeah. I took that last shot and I had to come back. And, you know, if you look at my match video on Facebook or Instagram or something, it's just a mess. Yeah, I think I saw that a lot on the last target. Everyone was doing pretty good throughout the uh, the entire plate rack, and then by the last one, I don't know if they, you know they're just getting comfortable, but they take that shot and then they start leaving position, and then they'd have to come yep. back for it. So it's def- it was definitely a nice break in the shooting cadence to say, all right, you know, make your shots, get your hits before you run out of position, or else you kind of screw yourself. Like I'm pretty sure that was a good one and a half, two I, seconds for. A I, I think a lot of that is just people get wrapped up in the I want to go fast. Yeah, thing, you know. So, like, they get in the rhythm of it, and they're just like, oh, I don't need to. I just got to drag my gun across and just press the trigger. But you still have to look at your sights. You still have to use them, and you still have to call your shot when you're shooting a plate rack. Even though they're right next to each other, you still have to make that, like, differentiation. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I guess in terms of overall performance, I mean, Keanu shot pretty well. Um, he won limited class. He came third in limited. I won, I won M class. I didn't... Uh... Yeah, I won M class, yeah, but mm-hmm. I was third and limited. An A class shooter won, and props to him because, uh, but he shot his freaking butt off. I was looking at his times and everything, and 
I was legit blown away. I was checking them at lunchtime, and I was just like, it was fast. It was fast. In the top three, I think myself, him, and the guy who won second place, my buddy Nick, we were all right on time with each other, too. Uh, uh-huh. The only difference was, I think I got two seconds added. Um, I had one mic for the day, which was the post-lunch, uh, post-mortem stage. Yeah. And... and well, sorry to interrupt, but that lunch was good. It that was, was a good lunch. Yeah, I, I had fun playing with the uh, floppy sausage. <laughs> yeah, they, I, from what I hear is that uh, Clareton will always provide a great lunch. Yep, and, it's um, food cooked there and everything, but it, it was yeah, killer lunch as usual. Good this year, and you know I usually never eat lunch in a major, but this time I was like, you know what, I'm going to eat lunch, I'm going to enjoy it. Yep. But, um, sorry, sorry to interrupt <laughs> on that. But. I, I got a couple seconds, a second and a half, two seconds added onto my stage time on a high, very high hit factor stage. So that cost me a crap ton of match points, and I was doing like the what ifs, and it that stage might have made like that would have won the match for me if my gun didn't malfunction. Yeah, well, the magazine malfunction. Well, your gun malfunctioned because of the magazine. Um, yeah, I had a nosedive, so I had to clear that, and it was dumb, and I hate it. But yeah, that was a. It was this a, is the second malfunction I've had in this gun. Um, and they have both occurred in the last two weeks. Yeah, and it was a 28-round course of fire. Um, I think average time was under 10 seconds for most people. So throwing that second and a half or two seconds was definitely a, a damper on your hit factor. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think it was under 10 seconds if you didn't have to reload. You should have been right at around 10 or 11 with a reload. Mm-hmm. Unless, I think that's what people were doing in Limited. Unless it was like that Bogle reload we saw at, uh, <laughs> at, in Ohio where in you Ohio. didn't see him do it. Yeah, that was nuts. Um, but yeah, so, you know... Especially given the heat and the way that the match was kind of laid out, because you know, first thing getting out of the car of the parking, we had to drag everything up, you know, like a good two hundred yards up this yeah, giant wait, hill. We should preface this with the club is built on a mountain. Yeah, it's like a gravel hill. We're pulling, you know, a cooler with tiny wheels that's essentially dragging in gravel with a. Cart. We have a cart with two bags, two ammo cans, uh, three because I brought. I was carrying my friends yeah, too. Yeah, we were carrying Mark's ammo. So, you know, we, we had a bunch of stuff, our chairs and all that stuff, and I was pretty exhausted after yeah. just hauling the, uh, the cart up. Yeah, I'd almost say it was probably the most physically demanding match I've shot this year. Just um, because of the terrain? Yeah, so I don't know if it's because I'm just more out of shape than I was earlier this year or whether it was the terrain, but again, hauling stuff up those hills, because even going from the first, like, we started on stage eight, right? Yeah, we started on um, Chrono, which is about halfway from the bottom of the hill to the top of the hill. And then stage nine was up through another hill. We had to go up. We had to complete the hill, hit the level space, and then go that up another hill. That was a steep hill, too. That, that's the stage every you know, the last two years. I just say, I'm not bringing my cart. I'm just carrying my ammo, my, mags br- my mag brush, and my mags. That's it. Yeah. And, and my gun, obviously. And so it was, it was just a, a tough match because of that. It was hot. I mean, we were pounding water and Gatorade all day. Yeah. Um, had wet rags, you know, around your neck when we're not shooting. Yeah. This last year, everyone was complaining how bad it was. But I didn't think last year was too bad. I think it was high 80s. Pretty, about as humid, maybe. But somebody still got heat stroke, right? <laughs> yeah, because he's dumb. <laughs> um, water is, or Propel is not water, guys. It is it not. It is the number one ingredient, but if you follow that logic, you can drink people and you'll be hydrated. Or you can drink beer and you'll be hydrated. Yeah, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, um, but anyway, last I think this year was 
This year was definitely a little warmer, just by a little bit. I think the heat index was just under 100 when we shot, but it's like it's not easy. No, absolutely. Just, just not. trying to stay focused and trying to stay, you know, you know, each stage delivering what should be physically your best is not, or even mentally is is a challenge. Yeah. So I, I guess the stages alone weren't hard. Like if this were a level one that you're shooting in like October, you know, this would have been a joke, right? Yeah, the perfect shooting season, you know, 70, yep. 70 degrees yep. or whatever. All right, stop it. Um, you're making me thirsty for it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, you know, props to the props to people who shot on Saturday. Oh I my think gosh, yeah. Worst, uh, Saturday was the worst. I think they had like a hundred, five hundred, nine heat index, which is crazy. Yeah, and you know, we had a friend who shot Saturday. Um, he won single stack. Yeah, congratulations, um, and, you know, Steven. You still suck because yeah. you're switching to carry optics. But you know that to, to me that you know the fact that he put it together on probably the hottest day of shooting we've had this year um, on a mountain range where you had to walk up and down the mountain pretty much. Yeah, he um, said he was kind of by the end of the day too. He was we were talking to him and he was cooked. Yeah, and like like your brains are scrambled. We we shot Sunday when it wasn't as hot, and I was definitely cooked by the end of it. I was I was ready to go home and crawl in the bed and just call it a week. Yep. Yeah, and I actually slept in the car. I usually don't sleep in cars. Yeah, but like I, I racked up for a nice twenty minutes, and it was still it was just a lot, and like my body was I was beat the next day. Yeah, me too. I'm still I'm still recovering from it. Not gonna lie, um, oh, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I just started dry firing again today after the three day hiatus. Nice. This is my first time actually picking up my gun after uh, after yeah, the match. Same. I've been playing with a yeah. Beretta. Um, and then I, I, all I did when I got back was just put a layer of oil on, you know, the trouble spots on my finish and put it away for a little bit. Yep. Um, but you know, it was also good today. Uh, finally got to take it apart. So I was actually having ejection issues all match. I think I had, I think I had maybe four clean stages where I didn't have any equipment issues. Um, one of those four, I dropped the magazine on (laughs) on the Yeah, but given the circumstances, you were still... You were still burning it down, yeah, for the know, most part. You, I, like you kept it together. You didn't have any big meltdowns or anything like that. No, it, your equipment just wasn't playing right. It was unfortunate. Like I'm pretty sure it added probably 15 seconds overall for for my day. Yeah, but you know, putting putting that together, you know, that's close to three seconds per stage, and that definitely hit my or hurt my hit factor, um, especially competing in open. So I ended up placing I think 12th in open out of like 46 shooters or something. I placed 25th overall. But in A class open, I think I was close to last place for open A class, and you know the the malfunctions were tough, and you know I was still putting down pretty good times despite the malfunctions. But it, it could have been a completely different match and placement um, if I hadn't you know really faced those. But you know it's you know lesson learned: check extractor tension because it was not my brass was. I think my brass was ejecting all right from like a third person point of view. But when I was doing unload show clear, it was almost like the brass was just dribbling out of my gun. And so, yeah, you know, we tightened it up a little bit today. Uh, I tried racking some dummy rounds out and it seems to be doing a lot better and hopefully the problem goes away. But this is the second time it's happened for me with my extractor. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe it's time for a new one. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. I don't know, I don't know how open gun replacement intervals work. Yeah, but I'm definitely going to be doing some research on it. But, you know, overall, I think I shot pretty well, like you said. Like, I didn't really have any major meltdowns when it came to stage or, um, you know, even dealing with the malfunctions. You know, I 
kept a pretty level head and I think my trigger pushes or my trigger pull was pretty good throughout the day yeah um, I definitely had some bad ones near the end of the day I think you know once we were all well, you didn't cut. have too much trouble with that steel you cleaned that steel pretty well yeah at, I think, at the end like the 30 yard poppers yeah I think I took 12 shots on 8 poppers so 4 makeups um, oh never mind you suck <laughs> Yeah, it, was, it wasn't the best, but you know, even the field course before that, and you know, you're mentioning, you can easily tell that my trigger pull is not, not yeah, where you know, you, that one, I, I called a mic just by looking at how you were standing, and lo and behold, and it, you went back to take a makeup, which is good, because I guess you saw it too, but mm -hmm. you started, like you could tell you had already left the position, and you didn't even think about your second shot on yeah. that one position where you were rolling through, and I, I was telling everyone, I was like, yeah, he's going to take a makeup on that, and you know you stop you back up a little bit and you take the makeup and that added you know easily a second and a half on your mm -hmm. time just by repositioning and representing yeah but you could see how you're doing it because I, I wouldn't say it was your trigger i would say it was more in your head of you know you'd shot two shots already and you didn't care about the last shot because you just want to get out of that particular array mm -hmm. so you you had already decided in your head i'm gonna fire this last shot i don't care where it is i don't care where the, where the dot is i'm just gonna fire and leave yeah, so you know, a big focus issue, especially stage nine out of ten. Uh, yeah, and that was that was one of the that was definitely the one of the more difficult. That was I would I would wager to say probably the most difficult stage of the day. Yeah, like it was. It was I wouldn't say it was a memory stage per se, but there was a lot of hidden targets. Um, it would and, you just have to be particular with positioning. Yeah, you had to make some tough calls, like whether yeah. you want to make you know a hard stop here, a hard stop there. Uh, yeah, and about here. half of the targets were fifteen to twenty yards, so they were by no means super close shots, but not. Not necessarily hard either, but you definitely feel it and see it at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And, I, you know, it's a focus thing, too. Like you said, you know, it, was, it, it took a lot more mental focus to sit there and call your hits because, you know, it's just you've been out there for so long. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, from what, you know, at, at the beginning of the day it was an easy shot. You're now looking at it at the end of the day. You almost treat it as if it is an easy shot, but, you know, your body's just not functioning the way it did yeah. earlier in that day. So, yeah. Um, Again, I, I think everything else though it went well. I was pro this is probably the best I've shot in a long time, um, given yeah, I'd agree. given how I've been shooting recently. So this was a big confidence boost for me. Yeah, your placement was really only hurt by your gun malfunctioning. Yeah, and and, and this match, I think this this year in particular was very unforgiving on on any sort of malfunction, whether shooter or equipment. Yeah, and there was I, no room for error. And I think my biggest malfunction was actually on that hoser stage. Twenty-eight points. You know, I was supposed to be looking at, you know, ten seconds, ten to nine seconds on that stage, but I ended up getting a double feed, which, you know, I couldn't just, you know, tap rack bang. I actually had to pull the magazine out, rack, you know, rack all the rounds out. Um, but the way that I took it, I I racked the first round out. It was another double feed. I racked that one out, and I was like, oh crap, I got to pull the magazine out. Um, but I think that definitely hurt me a lot too. It was a lot of points to lose, especially in open, because the, yeah. the hit factors were high on that one, and I'm I pretty much walked away, I think with like a, a production or single stack hit factor on that stage. Yeah, that, that was and a malfunction like that will easily on one stage that, um, unlike twenty because it was like what twenty eight to thirty two rounds on there's, average. There's twenty, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one was like that one's like a twenty eight round course mm -hmm. though, right? So that that one will easily drop you you know 30 to 40 a malfunction like that will easily drop you 30 to 40 if not more match points yeah and that's considerable um especially if you look at the spread of of the top um like the top 10 percent, maybe not 10 percent, like the top five percent of the shooters at this match 
you're really looking at a very very thin spread in terms of match points yeah absolutely and like we you know we we got to shoot with aaron eddins on our squad uh master class open shooter from north carolina and you know he was burning it down there's no way with those malfunctions i would have ever been able to uh, keep up with his with his scores so yep um, yep it's and so like it, it kind of hurt to see how how unforgiving it was like in real time <laughs> um but it was you know again i was very happy with my shooting i i had probably had the best groups on targets i've seen all year. Yeah, you were you like were I had some doubles. Well. Like I've never had a double before. You had a lot of doubles. Um, but I was throwing them all after day. your first stage and after you got that reshoot by yeah. entire by entirely by happenstance. Left out, I because I think I had a mic and a no shoot on that. You um you had two mics and a no shoot. Yeah, and, then, and one of our squad members accidentally pasted before the scoring, so Chris got a reshoot. And which I'm very lo- thankful for because again, stage one, if I had to walk into the rest of the day like that, it would it would have been completely different. Yeah. Um, but you know, I've definitely had some reshoots where I've shot worse. But you know, it's a lesson learned when you get that reshoot, you really gotta slow things down. You gotta, you know, put your head back together and really make the most of it. Because I've definitely had a reshoot before where I've done way worse than yeah uh, than the bad run I had before. Yep. Um, but yeah, I finally gripped the gun. I think <laughs> that day, and it was doing yeah. Um, it was doing what it was supposed to do. And you were conscious of when you were kind of losing your grip a mm-hmm. little bit too, unlike before. So. I, I guess all of that just pretty fundamental practice you've been doing lately. Yeah, definitely has definitely paid off, mm-hmm. right? And you know you haven't live firing much. A lot of it's just been dry firing, like a little bit of live fire at the indoor range, right? But yeah, nothing major. So you know, small practice like that still pays dividends. Yep. And so I was super stoked with how I shot, and uh, I'm hoping I get to keep it up, and then we'll see a running gun in area eight, and hopefully we'll see some good placements. Yeah, Area 8 I'm hyped for. That's the next major we're shooting. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's late August, so it's going to be pretty cool. Last week of August, so hopefully it shouldn't be too hot. Last year was great for weather. Yeah. And with any luck, we'll have it pretty decent. And I'm happy with my shooting. I'm just pissed I had one malfunction. Yeah, and, and you know, we're... So, word of advice, if you're shooting enough, change your magazine springs. <laughs> yeah, and Ken is definitely at the point, you know, level 2 is level 3s. Um, if he shoots his best, he's got a really good chance at, you know, take, taking a top slot and limited... Um, and having gear malfunctions like that, it's it's almost painful because it's you know to no fault of anybody's, it's just you know old springs or something. Well, it's but, my fault. Um, it, it, it was by my own negligence. And I remember after Delaware, I was saying, "Oh, I should change my spring." No, I'll <laughs> change them after West PA. All right, never mind. I take all sympathy back. <laughs> yeah, and like this happens to me all the time. I was like, "I should do this. I should do this." I still haven't cleaned my gun though. Because I haven't attributed anything to a dirty gun yet. And my gun is still, is still nice and smooth and everything, so I'm not going to clean it. I'll probably, maybe I'll clean it right before Area 8. Maybe, but I mean, you get to use CLP on everything. You just get to drown it in CLP and it's pretty much clean, right? That's how the Army does it? <laughs> I mean, with all that kerosene in there, probably. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if I spray it with CLP and light it on fire, it'll burn everything <laughs> off. Yeah, but oh so so now I'm going to be on a more stricter, uh, or a more strict mag spring regimen yeah so yeah i was talking with my friend he was saying like every six months every six months and i only did it once a year before then which is not often enough i remember last year i changed them back in november so i could have time to kind of wear them in a little bit for florida and i pulled out my old max which were which were a year old by then if not maybe a little bit older about a year old and they were rusting and stuff like that (laughs) And this time around, they're like 
two inches short, weren't they? Like they were compressed close to two inches or something. They looked about three or four coil short. Oh, geez, yeah. But yeah, I mean that's just how it is. So just keep your gun, keep your mags healthy, magazines especially because you know the the magazine in an auto loading pistol is like is the greatest benefit but it's also the greatest detriment of a handgun yeah because uh it is the lifeblood of a semi-automatic yep handgun yep you have an issue um, with the magazine your gun's worthless mm-hmm. and then so you know i guess for lessons learned right change max brings out you know six months or, I guess, or when you need to yeah depending right? on how much you shoot up, yep. yeah um but then you know for sure i think you know we've always talked about this but hydration and water and the whole weather thing i mean this was probably the hottest match i've ever shot um second closest was probably area five last year but you know drink your water um you don't even really need to be drinking gatorade to be honest like, no have a have one bottle of gatorade throughout the day but you've got to be drinking water i think drinking the gatorade and the pedialyte was definitely better the day before for sure yeah that and, like i was feeling pretty chipper in the morning i didn't feel bad at all until i didn't feel bad until lunchtime and i I ate too many fries. The fries were really good. <laughs> they were crispy fries. I know. They were crispy super freaking fries. good fries. Yeah. And I don't think there, there, were, there wasn't like any sizable quantity of water available at lunch too. So I didn't drink a lot of water at lunch. Yeah. And like we were finally in air conditioned, you know, an air conditioned space. Yeah. And I food, think, but... yeah, the, the heat cycle, like going from cold to hot to all of that, like in, in concert with each other really kind of screwed me on the next stage. So. I think I want to, you know, if if we do get lucky enough to spend time in air conditioning, I'm definitely going to spend more time not in it. Yeah, or like, I'll you know, be in it enough to like kind of like gather myself, but I'm not going to stay in it so long that I'm going to get so comfortable and complacent in it. And then I go outside, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to jump off a bridge now. Yeah. And so like, you know, Tim and I were outside a lot earlier than you guys. We just went out to stand out in the sun uh, to kind of reacclimate the, to the heat. That's because Tim smokes. Um, that, that too. Um, but you know, it's something that I try to do too, is if you're changing temperatures too much, you know, like, t- uh, Kenny said, you get complacent and you know, even your muscles might tense up a little bit though. Yeah. They're, Cause they're just not used to the heat again. But, um, after eating, I was pretty much outside as soon as I could after going to the bathroom to reacclimate to the heat because going from, you know, a nice 72, 73 degrees. It was nice that, in there. I told you that club was premier. Yeah. You know, they had a bar there too. That was awesome. I know we should hit that up after. Yeah, that was legit. Um, but yeah, you know, definitely drink your water. Um, and I don't even think we, we snacked at all throughout the day, which is a first for us because we were just so busy drinking water. Um, and you know, yeah. s- salty almonds or whatever. Well, we ate so much the night before too. We ate a crap ton of barbecue the night before. I wasn't even hungry when I woke up in the morning, <laughs> but I ate anyway because I knew I was, I, I should eat. It's like normal for me. And I usually snack during a match. Oh no. See, <laughs> but, I, I keep on a regular diet usually. <laughs> But it's but but you know it was just that hot like we didn't we had no interest in eating snacks we were just drinking water yeah at at every chance we got and I think I was drinking about bottle and a half two bottles every stage yeah I think I was about a bottle and a half every stage yeah um, but it was nice because they had cold water like at the ready which they is, did which is nice and some some ROs even provided their own Gatorade and stuff for shooters to drink yeah there was like a nice. there was a big Yeti or an Arctic I think it was an Arctic cooler. Um, with Gatorade, that was awesome. Yeah. Um, but and then definitely for hot weather shooting, getting a, a rag of some sort that you can have around your neck after dousing it in cold water, mm-hmm. absolutely clutch. It yeah. just keeps you cool throughout the day, um, and especially if you're wearing you know a dry fit jersey or a t-shirt, and that you know that doesn't retain that liquid, it definitely helps cool you down. Yeah, especially you know, with like since 
they breathe really well. You get a lot of nice airflow with the with the water. Yeah, it feels really good. And so you know, I I saw a lot of people just wearing cotton t-shirts where you know the the shirt will stick to you when it's wet. Yeah, it'll probably be miserable, honestly, if you're throwing a wet rag over your shoulder wearing a cotton t-shirt. But wearing oh, for sure wearing the dry fit stuff uh, with water, you know, because it'll evaporate to you. It doesn't stay wet. It doesn't stick to you. Um, but it definitely helps a lot keeping it cool. Yeah, yeah, and then cycling out towels. And you saw every stage I was cycling out a towel just yeah. so I could keep cool. I know you just put more put more cold water on yours. Yeah, because you know they were providing you know water and coolers, and it's just well, I didn't want to waste the water that you're supposed to drink on a dirty towel. <laughs> but we had we had a thirty six pack of water from you know. It's the principle of the matter, Chris. Whatever, man. <laughs> and speaking of the staff, I I really do want to say this is probably probably been one of my best experiences with match staff i've had in a long time um the match director was very cordial and he, he ro'd us for one of the stages and he was he was great very cordial very professional um but everyone else was super chill i didn't have a single bad experience with with, with staff and usually you always have like that one cro who's just like got something up there but i yeah. have to say today like not today this last weekend was really spectacular i think yeah, and we had a lot of ROs that were um, helping reset targets that weren't an activator. Yeah, um, you know, yeah. You know, you know, South Carolina is a little different because you know it's a no-paced match. But a lot of the majors, the ROs would just RO, and they, they'll reset the activators. That's it. But they were the ROs were putting a lot of effort in to try and get our the squads rolling along too. So yeah, so they were they were pasting, they were helping with resetting steel yeah. and painting, and it was it was just a great experience overall. Um, it almost felt like half. Well, no, I wouldn't say that much. Like a no pace match. They but, did some work, but, but it was definitely more than you see at some other it matches. Definitely, and, and you definitely appreciate it a lot more when it's super hot outside. Yeah, it's like you don't want to walk all the way. You don't want to walk to pace. You know, four more targets when the RO does it for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so big props to them. Yeah, and you know, speaking of resetting, something that I started doing recently is uh, if there's steel that needs to be painted every every shooter. Uh, what I'll start doing is I'll just carry the spray paint back with me to the, I guess not the safe area, but you know wherever the spectator area is. Chris goes to the porta potty to spray and huff it. <laughs> no, I don't, dude. Come on, <laughs> come on. Uh, but that way you don't have to bend down to pick up a can of paint every shooter. Um, I've got a magnet on my belt. It'll, uh, a can of spray paint will actually fit perfectly on a magazine magnet. So it's just the way that I carry it around. But it, it seems almost. I guess what's the right word? Um, unsubstantial, you know, bending over to pick up a yeah, but I'm sure it spray, accumulates you know. over an entire stage, over ten shooters, right? Yeah, and because it, re- it really does, especially in 95 degree heat. And that way, the first thing I do is after a shooter's done shooting, I'll just you know steal the thing that I do. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really glad that Big Bay we shot the last stage on wasn't a field course because the stage before that was one of the longer courses, and I have to say, resetting all that stuff. Like especially the steel, uh-huh. like just resetting steel, even even if they're like they're mini poppers, it sucks. Resetting steel really sucks. Yeah, because you got to bend down for every single piece. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that was that was rough. But you know, the the last one was also rough because it was the end of the day, and in order to reset, we have to run down, walk thirty five yards, yeah, thirty five yards that to like a reset uphill too. Oh boy, yeah, I'm getting tired just thinking about it. Yeah, um, but overall, I I think this this year was. Pretty spectacular. Yeah, I really hope they do move it to another club instead of canning the entire sectional, um, because as far as I know, this club has been the only club to host it in the most recent past. So, you know. Yeah. So we hope to see a return in twenty twenty for West PA. 
Um, yeah, I'll be happy, especially if it's the same match director who, who usually has a knack for putting on pretty difficult stages. Mm-hmm. And that's usually one of the hardest majors I'll shoot all year. So I think I think Delaware just toppled West PA for that. Oh, huh. Delaware was extra hateful. <laughs> well, I mean, so was it was it Billy who was throwing on Delaware State, right? Yeah, Where, um, Billy some, Sargent was the match director. But I'm pretty sure he got some help from. Uh, no, no, Billy did all of it. Oh, did he? He did all the stages. Oh, nice. Uh huh. Yeah. Duda helped him a little bit with like admin stuff, but I think Billy did all the stages. So that means Billy's been hanging out with Duda for a little too long. <laughs> they live near each other. Yeah. They live in the same peninsula that no one goes to. Yeah. Except for the beach. But yeah, and, that was, and you know, again, we hope to see it come back in 2020. And I think for both of us, our shooting kind of came together this match. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it, it was definitely a, uh, a cleaner match for both of us. Yeah, um, in terms of performance, but I will say, despite that, it was still an unforgiving match. So it can be an easy match, but it, it's still hateful because of the the number of people. The easier you make the match, the skill differentiation just starts getting narrower and narrower and narrower. Yeah, it's like when I when I started shooting open, I was like, oh, it's gonna, it means I'm going to be placing so much better. But everybody's so much better at open than they yep, were in exactly. other divisions. So like, if it's easier for you, is that much easier for everyone else too? Generally. Yeah, again, right. un, very unforgiving, um, but that's also what made it very exciting, you know, because you know yeah, it's like Ohio and Delmarva. It's you know it can be an easy match, sure, but that means there is literally zero room for error. Yep, and then it really comes down to performing at that level consistently throughout the entire match. Yep, um, yep, and shooting at that pace too, you can kind of get through a slower hit field course, assuming it's not too gimmicky or anything like that, or not too mentally taxing. You can get through it pretty decently without having to exert yourself too much. But on these courses, it each time it demanded your all. Yeah. And again, the hit factors, some of them were, were very high. I think the lowest hit factor all day like was that long course, when, like, or was the last stage we shot, which was the speed shoot. And that was... That's like know, a six hit factor stage, right? It was still like a six hit factor stage. Yeah, absolutely nuts. It's, yeah, I yeah, think so- on average we were looking at, what... Seven plus yeah. easily. Yeah, and there there were absolutely no low hit factor stages for that day. Um, no. which, which again is some you know it's exciting, it's fast paced, but again unforgiving, um, and you really need to to keep your points throughout the day. So, yeah, so yeah, I think that pretty much sums up my my match. Um, yeah, I don't think we talked about any, or I don't think we missed anything regarding that. No, and I think all we're all we're really looking to do is to you know is to remember how we performed at this match and take it to us to area eight. Yeah. And then, you know, hopefully we'll put together another clean match for the both of us and we'll see some good placements. Well, I want to, I want to close on this. So do you think there was anything at that match that you felt like you definitely, that stood out to you that you need to work on? Like in terms of shooting, not in terms of equipment maintenance, because you and I clearly both need to work a lot on that. Yeah. But you know, in, in terms of shooting, in terms of fundamentals, was there anything that stood out to you? Like, or even just movement maybe? Um, I'm trying to think for that particular match. I definitely think for me it was mostly movement. I'd say there was a lot of mm, there were a lot of arrays that required very coordinated movement, um, especially because my legs are a lot shorter than other people's. Um, there, I I do remember there's a lot of steps that you took backwards. There's a lot of backwards movement, um, in a way where it kind of flows very well together. But having the short legs that I do, it was it didn't flow as well as it did for, um, you know, kind of everybody else in the squad. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, this comes down to physical, you know, conditioning aspect where I just need to get faster on my feet. Um, and like, I don't think by any means I was flat footed or anything. It's just, I just, I'm not slow or as light on my feet as I should be. Um, but luckily this match for shooting, I, I didn't feel like there was much that I needed to necessarily shape up on for this match. I felt like my trigger control was pretty good. Um, you know, except for maybe the last couple stages where all just kind of started falling apart from a stamina perspective, but that could also be very well mitigated with physical training and, you know, sure. just being yeah. better in shape. Yeah. Um, how about you? Anything? Um, it's for me, it's still shot calling. I, I think I have the issue of the closer a target is the more inclined I'm going to be to look at it. And I think this is an issue a lot of people have, and it was driving me crazy all freaking match because when you're shooting an almost entire target focused match, you're, and you know, and the targets are only seven to ten yards away. You're gonna see every hole you put in them, and it's very, very tempting to just kind of give it, give, give it a little look, and that's easily costing you for an entire array, maybe up like a little under half a second. But it, you know, it's cumulative, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it, so it it all adds up, and I also I made a few bad shot calls too, and I had to come back. Um, or I'm sorry, I, I called the shots good, but in in my head, I was already wanting to, like, I already called the shot good, even though my eyes saw the shot bad. So I left the position partially, and then I come back in to, to reshoot it. And I've done that, like, I did that multiple times. I think I did it twice in one stage, um, which, one of which was an activating steel target. Mm -hmm. And normally I'd shoot, you know, if I have a mic and I need to make it up, I'll shoot. I'll finish the array out because coming back to the target when you're already on one target is a stupid waste of time. Yeah. Uh -huh. Right. But in this case, the way that it activated, I had planned to shoot steel, paper, paper, and then shoot the activator leaving position. I lost probably a second and a half waiting on the activator because because I didn't call the shot and I didn't, you know, like I guess I didn't have the immediate mental aptitude to say oh no this is the situation where i shouldn't finish the array i should shoot the activator again yeah uh-huh right yeah and and again it does come down to shot calling because i kind of just flipped my gun up and just went bang i'm like okay it's it's a full-size popper i'm gonna hit it i didn't hit it gotcha so you know it makes makes me want to ask though on the shots that you called good but saw bad i mean were they deltas or were they charlies um all of these were on partials so I think, I think all of them were on tuxedos too. Maybe I had one on tuxedo, one on like a vertical hardcover. Uh -huh. But I know one of the ones on a tuxedo, I called it good. Um, I, I called it good when I pressed the trigger, but what my eyes saw was completely different. Okay. Uh -huh. And that actually, that target was actually three alpha. Because. <laughs> <laughs> oh geez, yeah. Yeah, and it was just a little to the high and left, which is how I called the shot, but. Mm -hmm. It was an Ipsic target, like, you know, 12 yards or so, um, maybe a little bit further. And I wasn't giving it the most attention that I sh as as I should have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of it just came from that. Because, um, again, I, I shot that entire stage, I think, target focus. Yeah. So so I didn't have the level of attention to my, you know, for my sights or respect for my sights or mm -hmm. the target as I should have given. And I think as a result, I ended up calling a good shot my eyes saw something bad came back and i shot a third shot into the exact same scoring zone yeah i, I mean i mean it makes sense especially if you think you call the mic for example on hardcover um, yeah it's a lot different but um for me it's happened a lot when i first started shooting 
uh, open where I would throw makeups on Charlie's and then it's just not worth it at a certain point. You yeah, know? well, you so, came from minor scoring, yeah, though, right? Uh-huh. So it was, a, it was that was just a habit to break out of. In this case, on on me, it was just like it was a total discombobulation of what my brain said, what my brain had decided, what my eyes saw, and what my body did. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it was just in like a synchronization issue with all of those. Um, normally. I, w- I wouldn't have tried to leave. I should not have left that position so aggressively on a tuxedo. I think that's kind of why I saw what I saw. Uh-huh. And normally I'm a big proponent of better safe than sorry. But in, in this case, in hindsight, even if I saw that the site was still kind of on there and, and, and maybe, since I'd already left, it might have been close to a wash. Yeah. If it were a mic. It, it wasn't, but, you know, maybe it would have been because it did... It, cost me a good bit of time and same same goes for that activating popper mm-hmm. right yeah and you know especially in this match with the, the hit factors where they were you know it, like you said time might have very well trumped the hit for some of these but yeah um, you know definitely and i think this also comes down to the focus issue just overall in the match because it was so hot you know i think um for for us to keep it together you know like you said sometimes we don't give enough focus to the things that we need to be doing and it, you know, it could very well have been the heat and the, just the overall conditions of the match. So yeah, but that was the second stage for the day. So I'm just oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but awesome. You know, we'll we'll keep all that in mind as we go to area eight, and hopefully we'll yeah. just, we'll burn it down. Heads up, we have a good topic suggestion for next week. Our friends say we should do things that bad shooters do. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Not just shooting, like everything else they do. Yeah. <laughs> so like just stereotyping bad Maybe shooters? Maybe we should say new shooters instead. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see how we feel or how how hateful we're feeling uh, for the next podcast. Probably pretty hateful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my normal resting state. <laughs> oh, All right. Well, I, I think that was a pretty good wrap up on the, on the match overall. Yep. Yep. Uh, everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm Keanu. Shoot well. We'll see you on the range.